the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show as we head into Hour 2, Open Line Friday, 602-508-0960. A lot more to talk about on the currents of the day, the retail issues and politics. But we're doing some wholesale, it looks like, and that's fine, too. Uh, I prefer it. But uh, any and all is good. Uh, it was inspired uh, by a call earlier in the week about would I give it a shot to try and define liberalism in that we talk a lot about it. And we talk about a lot a lot about the distinction between the left and liberalism. And uh, that caller who suggested it was Robin Surprise. And uh, I gave my monologue over to that issue in the last hour. And uh, I'm going to ask Rob to hold just a moment on his thoughts because I want to work in another caller here and see if that might be something uh, Rob might want to respond to, he being the originator of this uh, – idea and that's going to jeff in phoenix hello jeff welcome hey how you doing i'm well how are you oh great great so my first question is um three words liberty libertarian and liberalism are those connected or yes they, they all connected? have the same root of freedom correct yeah so the um i got it right here the definition in webster's dictionary of first Number one, as liberal as a noun, one who is open-minded and not strict to the observant of orthodox, traditional, or established forms or ways. How opposite are we right now of that? Exactly opposite, 180 degrees. As I was saying in um, in my monologue in the last hour, I, 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 I let's see if you agree. You know, when you listened to liberals justifying liberalism in the 60s and 70s and 80s, uh, they were talking about uh, things like freedom of speech. They were talking about things like not a handful of conservative media controlling the media. They were talking right. They were talking about human rights abroad. They were talking about children's rights. They were talking about uh, anti-racist measures. All of that is firmly in the province of conservatism now. All of it. Every single one of those things. And it's hard to find a liberal who defends what liberalism, as they claim it used to be, is anymore. Well, I don't know anybody... Will you find, will you find me a liberal who's willing to stand up and denounce China's slave labor and child labor practices? Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's... Because they're all, they're all benefiting from these will, things. Will you That's find me a liberal who become... believes that you should be judged by the content of what you think and, and do rather than the color of your skin? <laughs> Will you find me no, a Will I, you find me a conservative newspaper in this country? Oh, jeez! Hey, right. have you watched that miniseries Turn? Which one? It's called T U R N Turn. No, tell me about it. It's about the Revolutionary War, mm -hmm. and it's about George Washington. And as the general, he um, it's it's about uh, 
normal citizens that turn into spies for George Washington. No kidding. No, so I don't it tells, know it. Uh-huh. It, actually, it actually tells both sides of it um, as far as the revolutionaries. I don't know how much of it is true, but I, 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 would, I would encourage anyone to watch that right now because it is um, – I, I don't know which thing it's on, or you can probably buy the series or something. It was a mini series on A uh, and E or something like that at one time. Okay, but anyway, it is fascinating to see how normal humans or normal people uh, can become entrenched in the political, you know, the whole aspect of what is going on as far as the changing of the world. I mean, the Revolutionary World War changed the world in that aspect at that time. You know, and yeah, we called it the I, shot heard around the world, right? Yeah. But I just find it fascinating how these people that were normal citizens, normal everyday Americans, or at that time, uh, you know, colonizers. Um, oh, I shouldn't have said that word. Um, anyway, um, so normal people who had normal businesses became, saw that being taken away from them. Yeah. And so they decided to stand up and act. Yeah. They became revolutionaries. It, exactly. But, you know, nobody wants... Seth, nobody in the I don't I don't know anybody that, that goes out every day and works and wants to really be told what to do. I mean, you listen to your bosses and things like that because you agree to have a job and things. But nobody has a house or apartment and wants somebody to come to their door and start telling them how to live their life. And I mean, this is exactly what's happening to us now. And this is I don't understand how liberal. So here's here's a way want. to think about that. I suppose um, I, I I was quiet because I'm 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 thinking about whether I agree with you that nobody does. Um, I, 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 well, when I say I generalize, yeah, I yeah, yeah, but it's a, it's it's the smaller part of your point. The bigger part of your point is true, and and it, and, and and to illustrate it, you just think about during the past year of uh, COVID restrictions, particularly travel and dining restrictions, and those who imposed it the harshest violating it the most, whether it's uh, Bill de Blasio going to his own gym or Governor Newsom, obviously, with the French Laundry, the mayor of Austin's shenanigans, these kind Gretchen Whitmer, these kinds of things go to your point. Not even those who impose it want to impose it on themselves, right? That's almost a definition of, of its own tyranny, isn't it? When you refuse to well, live by the law that you respect, you expect every that you mandate everyone else live by. But it goes to your point. No one really wants that. Not even those who that, push it the hardest. That goes to the core of all of us have liberty inside of us, right? And we'll go and do things that we know are against. You know, people are going to see me do this, and I'm going to get all this bad press, but I'm going to do it anyway. But there is, there is, Jeff, a part of this that is uncomfortable to appreciate, but I think we have to appreciate. And it was the willingness of so many people to go along with these, um, these, these, these orders and shame fellow citizens who had the spark of liberty in them and try and snuff it out. There is a large part of our population. Now, maybe they didn't want it for themselves and they would play their own little games and be inconsistent and hypocritical, but they were very happy to absorb the authoritarian personality type and shame others who wanted to live in freedom and weren't going to cower up in fear and go out of business and commit suicide and engage in substance abuse and depression because of a virus that you can survive at a rate of 99.9%. We do have to come to terms with the fact that a large portion of society swallowed that crap hook, line, and sinker. 
Well, uh, that's another issue that I believe we have because I believe we have, and that goes to the tech thing and all this other thing. We've got a ish, we've got a, a segment of, or a group of people, a group of society, uh, a you know this this mindset that if there's enough people in the media and, and, and entertainment, because oh, those people have those people have made it in some way, and so I should listen to them. I mean, I used to think. I used to listen to football players that play professional football, and I think, why would I listen to those people? And especially now, I mean, why would I spend my money if we're in such a bad state in the world? Why would I go spend the harder dollars that I make because I'm not a millionaire and give it to kids who are mi- are millionaires? Why, I, I why, don't why, why would you either. get? Why would you give it to Jeff Bezos? Well, exactly. Why do we give? Why do we? Why do we have Twitter? Get off of Twitter. Why do we have Facebook? Get off of Facebook. We do it because everyone else, we want to be part of the group. Yeah. Everybody wants to be part of a group, a group, a pack, or something. And I guess that's where I'm faulted because I like being a loner. <laughs> and, you know, I don't need government and I don't need other people. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just know I can survive. Yeah, my but you did, need but like you this. need a community of some kind, Jeff, because absolutely, absolutely. It, it, well, in the sense that even if you don't psychologically need it, you are factually going to live in it. And so I the, love my neighbors. Right, 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 right. But you have to have neighbors and a community that supports your rights and your safety, physical safety. And that's exactly. why and politics I, I is important to it. you, regardless of how isolated you want to be. I will defend my neighbors to any point to have their personal property protected. Good. But I had people do things in the street in front of my house just because I had Trump signs. They spray painted my street with curse words just because I had a Trump sign in my yard. Well, I had more than a sign. I had a lot of stuff. But anyway, I triggered people, I'm sure. But anyway, it's fascinating to me. And I actually had a guy today. I was at a yard sale in my neighborhood talking to one of my uh, friends. And his neighbor voted for Biden, and we know that. He came over and he goes, yeah, I just want to let you know I'm on the exact opposite of the aisle of you, but I wanted to come down there and help you clean that off the street. And I said, well, I appreciate you saying that. That's a great call, Jeff. It's a great call. I appreciate it. So I appreciate you. Thanks a lot. Thank you, sir. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, 602 Don't go away, Rob. We're we'll coming back to you. But John in Peoria. Hello, John. Seth, how are you, sir? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm just deciding. I just came from uh, one of my doctors, and I'm hungry, and I'm in a position to go to two really good places here in Scottsdale. Uh, on 90th Avenue near Shea. Okay, so without telling decide. me their names, lest we engage in favoritism, give me oh, okay. gi- give me their uh, yeah, give me their genre, give me their the give me their bill of fare. The cuisine. Yeah, the cuisine. Well, yeah. one of them is an authentic Japanese sushi house. Yes. And then the other one is oh, great Italian food. So obviously, you you have the sushi for lunch, so it won't overly fill you, leaving room for the Italian dinner tonight. 
or I could eat like a uh, maybe a sandwich over there and a couple of pieces of sushi. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Sushi for dinner. Your sushi's a lunch thing because it leaves room for dinner, a big dinner. Oh uh, well, that's uh, you could look at it like that. I've had it both ways. I've had it for lunch, and then I've had it. Uh, um, for a really nice dinner on on a numerous occasions, I, and I'm an aficionado. Are you? I got okay. one of my Japanese sushi chefs says that I've got a doctorate in uh, uh, eating Japanese cuisine. That's interesting. That's Have you ever had it live? Uh, yes. Okay. Octopus. Yeah. Taco. Yeah. 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 Well, I hope I helped. I my suggestion had, though, was sushi for lunch and Italian for dinner. That was my suggestion. Okay. Sounds like a winner. That having been said, uh, I had sushi for dinner last night. You did? I did. Where did, did you go to a restaurant? And I had Italian you, for uh, lunch. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> you did. That's funny. <laughs> do as that's I say, funny. not as I do. You know. Exactly. So then the other point that I was going to cover, because we, we didn't finish it up yesterday. Yeah. Are you still interested in the lobsters for the lobster tank? Yes. Okay, yes. So I am I'm never not interested in lobster tanks. All right. Yeah. So now, the point is, so just so people understand what this is about, I love the idea of a lobster tank. And uh, once upon a time, I tried to improve the ambiance at the, at the 960 mothership here. And I bought a couple fish at the pet store and a bowl, thinking it was an easy thing, like kids, guppies, bring home in a bag, put them in a bowl, and you have goldfish. And I named them Barry and – no, I named them I named them Goldie and Ronnie. And what I didn't realize was I didn't buy goldfish. I bought Siamese fighting fish, also known as betta fish. And, yeah, you got that call afterwards. Yeah, so 10 minutes later, of the two I bought, one was left, 10 minutes later. So basically, um, I engaged in, in fishicide here, pesticide. And, <laughs> and, 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 and the, um, the uh, the person who works at our front desk, thinking I showed such irresponsibility, I couldn't even be responsible for the surviving fish. She took him home to save him, as if you know, Department of Fish Services came in and found me to be abusive. She took it home and, and is, yeah, and now and now and now takes care of 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 the surviving fish. Something tells me Jim Ryan, my general manager, would like us to have it again, though, and I think. To avoid that mistake, we'll have a lobster tank. Yes. Lobsters are not going to attack each other. No, and they're fun to watch. And they're fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's what that's about. All right. Cool. Uh, here's what I was going to say in regards to the um, portent of your show. Uh, that I, are, You're probably aware I'm, that... The past week, or was it the week before Ray came, Christopher Ray, the... Um, yeah, last week he testified, FBI Director, FBI Director Ray. Last week, yeah. that was last week, okay. Yeah. And are you familiar with the fact that he categorized the people that participated in the January 6th uh, get-together there, uh, i.e. get-together, i.e. protest, and then, according to some people... Call it a riot. I.e. We can call it a riot. A riot. Yeah. 
And, but but now what they're trying to uh, and they're trying so hard to keep up with this armed ex- insurrection. Well, anyhow, he says there were three categories of people. Right? Are you familiar with that? Yes. Go uh, ahead, though. This is important. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, there were three categories of protesters there. The vast majority, and you know, there were thousands. I mean, in the tens of thousands. I think even approaching close to hundreds of thousands of people there. If you do look at the picture, oh, at there the peaceful part, yeah, people. sure, yeah, sure, yeah, at the peaceful part, and that's what he said. The vast majority of Trump supporters, the vast majority of the president, of those supporters were um, peaceful protesters. Right. The vast majority. Right. So he, he separated into three segments. He said the next next group were the ones that were at the Capitol. They kind of uh, were maybe trespassing on the grounds, uh, and that's as far as their uh, sin was. They trespassed on the grounds, uh, and, or maybe they got caught up into it, and then you know they crossed that line and they trespassed on the ground. So that's one group. And then about a group maybe of, oh, he said six to 800 were the ones that rioted. That went inside and uh, engaged uh, you know, in violence. Yeah. yeah, yeah, engaged in violence. Right yeah. to some degree. Right, uh, some to some a lesser degree. But even when you engage in a lesser degree, you engage in violence. Yeah, let's let's so, just say that they broke they broke they broke the law. They engaged in rioting, and whether it was property damage or otherwise, uh, that group was the extreme of the group. Yeah. So here you got your FBI director testifying under oath. Uh, to the senators uh, in that committee hearing about the three categories of Trump. Right. But then just recently, I think just the other day, you get uh, Sheila, don't call me Shirley, Jack, uh, Jackson Lee, yeah. uh, the representative. Yeah. Yep. Uh, do you get that little thing with Shirley there? Uh, yes. Because uh, 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 our new president called her Shirley. Yes. Uh, did you hear that? I clip? did. I yeah. did. So, I did. Can you imagine if uh, a Republican did that, or can you imagine if Trump did that? Yeah, no. It, uh, uh, well, can you imagine if, the, if, 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 if Donald Trump said what Joe Biden said about Indian Americans taking over the country, which is what he said? The larger point I think we're driving at here is it's no armed insurrection if there are no arms. And as the FBI itself has now testified – um, there were no firearms violations, no firearms recovered, no firearms violations charged, none used. It wasn't an armed insurrection. It was a riot. It was bad. Don't make it seem worse than it was and don't attribute it to people who weren't there. But if they were all Trump supporters who were engaged in it, do you know what percentage of Trump supporters they were? I did the math. Five ten thousandths of a percent. Five ten thousandths of a percent. If you like college basketball, the NCAA Tournament March Madness, it's that time of year. This is probably your favorite time of year if you're a college basketball fan. March Madness, known for drama and inspiration. And in recent years, one of the little-known inspiring March Madness stories was the rise of uh, the uh, UConn basketball program under Coach Jim Calhoun. The film Born to Lead is the newest film on Salem Now, showcasing Jim Calhoun's and UConn's story. From losing his father at a young age, instantaneously becoming the man 
of his family as a teenager to his rise through coaching ranks and eventually leading UConn to three NCAA championships. Let's see, that would be the Huskies, right, Bill? UConn Huskies, if I'm not mistaken. Born to Lead features interviews with Mike Krzyzewski and Jim Beheim, former UConn and NBA superstars Richard Hamilton and Ray Allen. Get ready for March Madness by watching Born to Lead, now available at SalemNow.com. That's Born to Lead at SalemNow.com. Make sure to use the promo code Phoenix. How did I know UConn were the Huskies? How did I know that? I'll tell you why. Because I, when, I, I, when I was at Northeastern, they were the Huskies. And it turns out there's a lot of teams called the Huskies. In fact, I'm wondering if there's an animal slash mascot more used than Huskies. My only guesses are bulldogs and or wildcats. Bulldogs would be Washington. Uh, don't tell me. Don't tell me. It's uh, it's the college in Washington. Uh, oh, everyone knows it. Catholic school, Catholic college in Washington. Oh, yes. Please. What is it? Yes. Gonzaga, right? They're the Bulldogs. Did you have another one? Yeah, the Georgia Bulldogs. How many Hoyas are there? And what is a Hoya? I think a Hoya is another name for a Husky. John, did we finish up with you? No, I was just going to make my point to the irony of it all, or the hypocrisy of it all. Here's the, here's the deal. So she tweets out just recently, Sheila, don't call me Shirley, uh, Jackson Lee, uh, and uh, she says that uh, something to the effect that, wow, there were all these protesters. I think she said she she said like forty thousand. I think so. I'm trying to paraphrase here, and don't quote me exactly, but something to that effect. And we only had three hundred arrests so far. What's going on? It's like she wants to arrest every single. She's in favor of mass incarceration, tonight. evidently. Of Trump supporters. Mass yes. incarceration, yeah. yeah. yeah well, if you look at the guy. number of people who voted for Donald Trump and you look at the number of people who rioted, the percentage of Trump supporters who rioted are five ten-thousandths of one percent of Trump supporters. If you look at how many arms were confiscated or how many arrests uh, for arms violations there were on January 6th or its aftermath and the answer being zero, you do not have an armed insurrection. If you look at the uh, statements of those who were involved in the riot and the various um, the various positions they all had, including lefties, you do not have an insurrection. What you had was a riot of misfits that has been blown out of proportion to the point of having a permanent security apparatus protecting the Capitol in the name of protecting it from right-wingers, which is a slander and a libel on us. Yesterday was supposed to be the big day of the second phase of riots. What happened? Zero. Zero happened. Not a peep. Nothing. What's the going forward plan? More fencing to protect more congressmen. For every congressman that supports the fencing and raised wi- and uh, uh, concertina wire, razor wire, and more armed guards and more Capitol Police to protect them, I ask you to take their arguments and put them on the southern border and tell me why those won't work there. 
Honestly, why do they get more protection than Arizonans, Californians, Texans? Why, why do they? Why do they? They should be protected from rational threats. They don't have any rational threats. They should not say violence is from the right. It's from all parts of America and mostly, actually, more predominantly from the left. And they shouldn't deprive the rest of Americans from the same kind of security using fallacious arguments about the security when it's on the southern border that they want for themselves when it's in Washington, D.C., or their precious gated communities. We're all Americans here deserving safety. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Rob, you have been patient. Thank you, sir. Anything you want well, to add to or rebut? <laughs> well, you know, it's like the old Groucho Marx, uh, you know, you try my patience, and Groucho says, well, don't mind if I do, you ought to try mine sometime. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was thinking, you know, during, uh, and I was listening to the callers, one of the things I think in education that ought to be brought back or incorporated is teaching Latin. Latin is one of those languages or lost languages that helps everybody from, you know, lawyers to doctors to understanding foreign languages. And I'm not so sure that uh, it's being really taught that much anymore. No, it really also, isn't. And it's a it's a great thing to learn. Any language is good, particularly romance languages. I'm a big believer oh, yeah. in learning second languages, big believer in it. Oh, I, I believe that, too. By the way, you were also right. Thomas Hobbes did write Leviathan. I was confusing him with Locke, and please forgive me. Um, also, I should tell you that uh, on this date in 1770, uh, 1770, the Boston Massacre took place. Winston Churchill delivered his Iron Curtain speech. And uh, most importantly, in 1966, Staff Sergeant Barry Sadler's Ballad of the Green Berets hits number one. Did not know that. Did not well, know that. No. Well, nice. that's, that's what I'm... Yeah. Um, I do want to mention, too, I think it was Aristotle's Politics, because I'm taking that course, Intro to Philosophy, uh, from Hillsdale, um, where he talks about uh, Aristotle's logic. And, you know, principles of things like non-contradiction, sufficient reason, inductive reasoning, deductive reasoning, and also, I think, the informal fallacies. And I think this is something that people probably should pay attention more to is the old, and again, Latin, ad hominem fallacy. You know, an argument goes to the man instead of the argument. Mm -hmm. and, and I think we've seen so much of that. Well, during Donald Trump's time, you know, it's like blame the man, but don't talk about the issue. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. There was this column. I'll, I'm going to return to it. Thank you, Rob. There was this column I want to return to uh, that I didn't get through yesterday from uh, Spiked. I think it was print. Was it at Spiked magazine? I think. It, no. Yes. I think it was at Spiked magazine. When um, when is the left going to start calling Joe Biden a fascist for doing all the same things that Donald Trump did. 
and uh, I was I was I was going through that a little bit yesterday, and um, and we'll return to it today. It, it's really amazing the turn of phrase phraseology that is being used uh, to defend uh, the Donald the uh, Joe Biden position uh, of children and uh, their um, incarceration. Uh, as opposed to how the left talked about it when Donald Trump was president. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's not just that. It's a whole series of things that we're going to talk about um, that, you know, J- Joe Biden's just, you know, getting away with a lot here that Donald Trump did, and the left seems to have no problem with it, including attacks on the media, including Donald Trump engaged in a war on the media, What about the Democrats who are trying to get Fox News canceled from airports and public accommodations? Is that not a war on the media? Of course it is. Anyway, we'll we'll do more of this in a little bit. I'll return to it in a little bit. But first, let me get Jerry on in Phoenix on the topic of the day, topic du jour, liberalism. Hi, Jerry. Seth, thank you for taking my call. Of course. How are you? Good, good. I've tried calling in several times in the past, but... Didn't get through. Okay, welcome. Uh, anyway, thank you. Uh, so, I'd like if you would go down that litany of questions that you were uh, mentioning earlier about uh, and, and how you couldn't find uh, a liberal today that would uh, answer yes to any of those questions. If you if you wouldn't mind uh, recounting those those questions, and I and I will answer as a liberal. Okay, you're a self declared liberal. Oh yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Good. What does liberalism mean to you? Uh, to simplify it, uh, open-mindedness. Okay, but is there a limit to that? I mean, that's not. I mean, open-mindedness. Anyone can say they're yes, open-minded. Yes, that... there, there are there are limits. Yes, yes, I would say there are limits. Okay. I'm yeah. always, you know, I, open-mindedness is okay. Fair enough. So, um, yeah. we'll, we'll move on from there. Uh, so the liberalism I understood in the 70s and 80s stood up uh, strongly for a lot of different things, including free speech and human rights. Yes. L- let's take the second one for a second, human rights. Yes. Yes. What have you said lately or what does the Democratic Party say generally about China and its human rights situation or Iran and its human rights situation? Well, I think generally they condemn it. Um, can you think of think one they... condemnation, or can you think of attacks on Donald Trump for taking on China and an effort to speed race to give Iran appeasement and foreign policy preferences? Um, I don't know the specific details about uh, about that, so I wouldn't be able to speak educated. We're trying to that. engage Iran, right? It's a human rights violator. We yes, disengaged yes. from Iran in the previous administration. We're trying to right. engage China. It's a human rights violator engaging in slave yes. labor. In the yes. previous administration, we took it on and we were told we were being xenophobic. I just I just think there's been a collapse in the understanding of human rights. Who's the last Democrat that spoke up and out and against the cancel culture you've seen from big tech social media? Uh, elected officials? Any official. Any 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 prominent liberal other than Bill Maher? Uh, 
was just going to say Bill Maher. Yeah, but you know, a Hollywood comedian. You, you, if you're going to have a movement, you got to do better than one Hollywood comedian, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. We agree on that. All right. I got to take a quick break. Can you hold the line? We'll come back to you on the other side. I am right. I have to take a break. Oh, I do. All right. Yeah. Let me take the break. We'll come back on the other side. Let me put in a word for balance of nature. That was that was good spirited. I liked that. Balance of nature is also good spirited. They support this show, Conservative Talk Radio, and their product supports you, health, energy, and your immunity. You can do no better because it is the most effective whole food, fruits, and vegetable supplement on the market. I hate to even say it's a supplement. It's actual nutrients from apples and aloe vera and papaya and pepper and spinach and wheatgrass and all the potent, powerful stuff. You just take it once a day and you get tens of thousands of vital nutrients. Give them a call at 800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get a great deal right now with free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Balanceofnature.com, discount code BALANCE product that is good and good for you. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I'm Seth. Jerry in Phoenix on the line uh, describes himself as a liberal. Jerry, did, was it your turn or did I have a question for you? Were you trying to follow yeah, up with you, you, Yeah, you asked me a question. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Asking me sure. uh, a prominent liberal or prominent uh, Democratic politician sure. who's spoken out yeah. against the woke culture, the cancel culture. And, um, Not woke, but cancel. Woke is a different thing. But yeah, you're okay. right. Cancel culture. Well, they car- they kind of are the same, um, okay. and we can go into that later. But uh, anyway, um, and I reflected on it deeper uh, during the break. And and President Obama, Barack Obama, came out and spoke against this cancel culture um, last year. I, I can't specifically remember but i remember. not since it's taken off though but not not any time in the last two years i know the speech you're talking about it's a speech to young students and he did it once a couple few years ago it wasn't any time recently when it took off i i seem to remember more recently like during this last election okay cycle okay um that he he mentioned that and that it took do you more think it's a just- problem you and i are having a hard time trying to pin that thought down from one person well yeah, but you know, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not as, I'm not a professional at this like you are. No, so I'm I not a professional at it either. I never took any training for this. I'm just, I, you know, let me try this. Let me go ahead. I, I'm not going to cut you off. I just want to try this thought with you, Jerry. Do you or do you not think social media is the main area of political conversation these days? Unfortunately, yes. Okay. Do you or do you not think it is a huge indicator of something really, really, really wrong that the former president of the United States cannot engage in the most prominent area of political conversation in this country, not by his own volition? Uh, There's a reason for it. What? That he keeps insisting that the election was stolen. So what? So that's uh, that is what incited the riot. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. That's not what incited the riot. The riot was planned before. Why do you say that? Okay, here's where you guys. Here's where you guys nitpick. Yes, President Trump that day, January sixth, during his uh, his rally, did not specifically state to those rioters, "Go and take over the Capitol." He did not say that. I will grant you that. Is there a but- tweet? Is there a tweet? We're talking about his ability to be on Twitter. 
that you can point to that incited a riot? Hold the thought. Hold the thought. I got to take the break. I promised you I'd keep you. But this gives you time over the course of the break to find me the tweet that incited the riot. Because we're, we're talking about him not being allowed on social media. And you said there's a reason. Because he says things that incite a riot. Find it for me, okay? And we'll pick up on that when we come back. And then tell me who else can believe what and say what before they can be banned on Twitter. Think on that too. We'll be right back. <laughs> 